I really love the season of Advent, mostly because I identify a lot with this idea of sort of preparation for a journey. And um, throughout this kind of time frame that we go to, but it's, but it's funny, it's, you know, it's, of course it's not unique to me. The times of Advent and the times of Lent, a lot of people really love and embrace those times. Because I think that anytime we make specific preparation for things, it sort of gives us an inherent direction to go. A lot of the rest of our time, we're like, well, we have to kind of discipline ourselves to find that direction, and that does not always work so well, as we could all attest to, I don't know, anything that you've tried to discipline yourself to do, diet, exercise, like whatever you might be, spiritual reading, whatever. And I was, I was thinking about this quite a bit. So, of course, you know, it's a, there's the obligatory thing for the priest to point out the, the rose vestments that we wear on only two times a year. Uh, Laetare and Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete Sunday, today, Gaudete in Latin means rejoice, but not just rejoice. It's like a command, like you rejoice, like do it, <laughs> you know, rejoice, be happy. But as I say with many things, uh, it's kind of easier said than done. But the reason that we would do this in the third week of Advent is because we kind of see the goal in sight. The coming of Christ is actually in sight. And again, any of us who have ever been close to our goal, there's an inherent excitement and rejoicing to get that much closer to it. And um, my friend Bobby is here today. And, and I often think about some of the things that we did in high school. Um, you guys know that I tell these stories because they really drive home the point of me being able to embrace these mysteries, but with stories of my own life. So many years ago, after we graduated from high school, um, it still seems miraculous to this day that we did this, but we drove all the way from the Dallas-Fort Worth area to the Outer Banks in North Carolina, which is like a 26-hour drive in one direction. And, and we did this with like a road atlas and no cell phones. And, and it was so funny because Bobby's sister recently just told me, she said, when did you and Bobby go on that trip? And I said it was like a week after we graduated high school. And she said, now that my daughter is asking me to do all of these things, I marvel at how my parents let you guys do that. You know, like, it, and I kind of marvel at it myself. But I'd like to think that we had kind of our heads screwed on in the right direction even back then. And so in that situation, though, I've shared with you before that I have always struggled as a student, that it, that it was so difficult for me to be in the, in the classroom, one of the great pains of my life, and, and yet the Lord had seen it fit for me to have just like this massive amount of education. So I, I spent tons of time in the classroom. And I remember I wanted to graduate from high school just so bad. I just wanted to be, to be done with it. And one of the things I had thought of was that the first thing that we do when we arrive is I am going to walk over that sand dune and go on the beach and just lay down in the sand completely free from my academic rigor. That was one of the things, I don't even know if, if Bobby remembers that, but that was like one of my goals to do immediately when we arrived. And so, you know, of course, as you get closer to that journey, you really do start to get excited about that. And I can think about this with so many other things in my life. When I've, when I've trained to climb a mountain, you put in months and months of like rigor and training and preparation and then you kind of get within about a week left and you're like, and you could start to taper off your training a little bit. And then you start to get excited that it's actually coming. 
and you've already put in all the preparation and the hard work that you needed to at that point. And so, but what, one thing that I wanted to focus on that I realized though, is with that excitement also comes another thing that I think everybody has experienced so much of this year, anxiety. There, there's an excitement, there is this reason to rejoice, but sort of like paired with it is this, this anxious feeling, this sort of fear that you're like, ah, oh, you know, th- things are kind of getting closer, maybe sooner, sooner than I, I realized. And a lot of the times, especially when it comes to our faith, some of the anxiety of our faith comes from the fear and anxiety of, I didn't do as much preparation as I should have, and now we're at this point. And that's a fearful moment for, for anybody, like I said, who's ever had to prepare for something and then got closer to it and felt a little unprepared. Uh, those are usually like where the prayers of desperation and maybe bargaining start to happen. You're like, Lord, I promise you that I will do like A, B, and C if you just like help me catch up at this point and like allow me to be, to be ready for this. And, um, but, but that's our goal is to not have that happen to us in our life, in our spiritual life especially. Is these times of Lent and Advent are just like little microcosms, like these little short periods of time that in many ways are, are analogies for our entire spiritual life. It's a constant way of preparation for the Lord to be able to accept him into our lives. So like Adventus, ad Advent in, in Latin, it is coming, is the Lord's coming. And the most difficult part for all of us as Christians is that he's always coming to us. It's like a constant invitation to all of us in our lives. But the thing that we're often having to prepare ourselves for is to receive him just as we receive him this Christmas. And that's the hardest part. The hardest part is the preparation to be able to receive him in sort of a constant way. And we heard in that second reading from Thessalonians from Paul that we really should be ready to do so and like body and so like our whole being should be prepared to do that. Uh, I mean, and again, like I said, that's really easier said than done. One of my favorite scripture verses is, is Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6.19. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. And so as I say, it's just like when we come here to Mass and then we receive our Lord in the Eucharist, we become living tabernacles. We have our tabernacle right there, built for man-made things. But we become living tabernacles. And just like John says, I am not the light, but I testify to the light, he still shines the light of Christ forward to illuminate that path for other people so that they can follow it. And that's really our responsibility as living tabernacles, to be prepared in body and soul, like the wholeness of our being, so that when we carry Christ within us as this living temple, this living tabernacle, that the light of Christ will shine through us as individual Christians. You remember in some of those, some of those early Christian, you know, in like the Acts of the Apostles and things like that. People will know you by the way that you love each other. 
And that's what the Christians were famous for in the early days of the church. It was by the way that they acted, by, by their acts of charity and love towards all human beings, that it was obvious. I mean, and that's an amazing thing to think of, that you would be wandering around in the ancient world and you would see by what somebody was doing for somebody else, you would be like, oh, that person must be a Christian. And I think that's so much harder to see now in our life, in our current day culture. You know, we no longer really see that. That's why you often hear me talk about, I think, why it's so important that we're a sacramental church and that the symbols that we use are so unbelievably important for us. Because I always just define that, that term. A sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible reality. And so when we have these symbols and these signs, they point to something greater than just the symbol itself. So when you're out in the world these days, and you know, perhaps you wear a crucifix or a saint's medal, I think those things are unbelievably important because they are a witness to the light that you have within you. They're a witness that you're trying to prepare your life to constantly receive Christ. And when I hear that, when I hear St. Paul talk about being ready, kind of with our whole wholeness of our being, for, for Judaism, for the Hebrews, they always associated, it's kind of like, use that term almost, the mind of your heart. It's like they thought that the center of being was really in, in the heart. Of course, we talk about modern science and stuff and like our brains being these things, but it's like the center of us is kind of like the mind of our heart. And so it's like our being, who we really are, who God really created us to be. We want to be able to embrace our faith with that, with the heart. And uh, lately, Bobby and I also, back in the day, we used, to, we used to lift weights together. And so that was one of the things that we became friends over in doing that. And so recently, we started doing that again because he built a gym in his garage. So praise be to God for that during this time of pande pandemic. But it's so funny, again, these examples of building up, caring for the temple of the Holy Spirit, and caring for our spiritual life, and also the physical body that we've been given so that we can really carry out the faith as much as we can. To be good lights of Christ, to be evangelizers of the gospel like the early, the early um, apostles and followers of the church did, it really requires a certain amount of strength and rigor. And you know what? Just like our muscle, everything needs to be tested if it is going to be stronger. You know, it's like a muscle never gets any stronger unless you put a lot of stress on it. You have to put a heavy amount of weight on it, and then how does it respond? It responds by getting stronger in preparation for a heavier load in the future. We often struggle with the suffering and the difficulties in our life. But we will not get stronger unless we walk through those sufferings that we've been given. It is truly how our faith is tested, and it responds. It really does grow. It's so important in those tragic moments 
to realize that our suffering spiritually is almost like how our body would react physically to doing something like lifting weights. Through those sufferings, but, but the scary part about that is often two severe things can happen. When we experience difficulty or suffering in our life, either people often push God away or they draw him close to themselves. But that suffering, if we stay close to the Lord in the midst of the suffering, your faith will get stronger. We hear in the scripture, like fire tried gold. You know, gold goes through a crucible. It's melted down. All of the impurities come to the surface and are skimmed off. And what's left is this purified gold that's more precious than any metal that we know of. Well, I guess platinum could be argued, but you know, that's not the point. That's not the point. I had to not get caught up in the details, but um, you know, the important thing, though, is that those tests we experience draw us closer to God, a God who did not preserve himself from the test, from the difficulty, from the struggle, just like St. John the Baptist also did not. He lived a very ascetic life, one of voluntary suffering. He took on a certain amount of difficulties just in his way of living to purify his soul, to become closer to God. So this is a season, the reason to rejoice the most, the reason that we really need to rejoice is because during the difficulty and during the suffering, do not push it away. Lean into it. Hold it close to you, just like Jesus held the cross close to himself. And so many martyrs of the church held it close. I'm not saying it's easy to do that, but if we can, if we can embrace it and see it as God's will working in us to make us the absolute best version of ourselves, then we can really see that these sufferings that we experience will absolutely bear fruit, not just for our own lives, but so that light, so that evangelization of bringing other, people's to other people to believe, they believe it because they see somebody who has dealt with difficulty and embraced their struggle, sadness, joys, everything. You take it all as a gift from God. So that when people see a life heroically lived, then they're like, I want to be like that person. Last weekend I talked about our faith is one of standing on the shoulders of giants. All of the people that have come before us to prepare the way. And often if you think about it, you might even think of just one person in your life that is the reason that you're in this church today. Somebody that was faithful, that inspired you, to become a Christian, to actually practice your faith. You might think of more than one person. Often, it might even just be one. A grandmother, a grandfather, or, or one of your parents, or somebody that you knew, and you saw the way that they lived their life, and you were like, I want to live my life like that person. That person who embraced all of it and faithfully followed God. That's what we're preparing to do. Because just like the Lord says, it's like, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, 
it remains just a grain of wheat. Our great faith, our church, in fact, our very church was born out of death. From death came something far, far greater. And so to sacrifice and to like lean into those difficulties of our life, eventually for the greatest thing, salvation to ourselves and salvation for others. And that really is our goal. And like I said, I say this often, it is easier said than done. I'm, I'm not saying that it's easy to embrace our sufferings. But like the Lord said, his yoke is easy and burden light. There's not a person that I've met so far that has been close to the Lord that has said that when, before they were a Christian that their life was easier back then. Almost everybody I know has embraced the faith and truly lived their faith has said that they would prefer every day with God, even in their greatest difficulties, than any day without him. And so that's what we're called to do. We're called to walk with God, to constantly be preparing for his coming, his coming into our lives. God bless you all today.